Well, good morning and welcome everyone. You guys are in for a treat. Today we've got, well, I'll, I'll first start off tell you that I'm James Orr and this is, despite what the screen shows, this is a servingrealestateinvestors.com webinar podcast episode slash Substack episode. So this is really intended to be Man, there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff. There's like multiple hawks flying right over my house right now. It's really crazy cool. But anyway, um, you guys are in for a treat because we are joined today by Echo. Echo is my uh, 14 and a half year old, deaf, probably a little senile dog at this point. Um, It's getting really old, but he has decided to come into my office, maybe because it's a little bit overcast today and uh, it's nice and toasty warm in here. So uh, he has decided to join us. So he gets to join us for the class. The class today is me going over what a real estate investing PowerPoint presentation looks like so that you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say teach a class. Here's an example of a PowerPoint slide deck. And uh, I probably will put up a copy of it so that you guys can actually download it and see kind of exactly what I'm doing here. So um, in fact, there's another class I had planned, which is me customizing the PowerPoint presentation PowerPoint presentation, so that you can see how to go and edit it so that you can see how to get the little logo on the bottom with your copyright and you know all this other stuff. So I don't know, you'll see that in another class. But today what I wanted to go over is like an example of a class I taught um, maybe I'll even put the video of me teaching the class so that you can actually see like the PowerPoint slide deck and then also the presentation and how I use the slide deck and the presentation and do all that stuff. So the intention is to kind of help you prepare you to do your own classes. I mean, that's really what the intent is. So I'm just going to go over and share with you some different thoughts, stream of consciousness, no uh, outline from what I'm doing here, just trying to help you. So this is this thing. I use uh, PowerPoint, use Microsoft PowerPoint to do my presentations. Um, I usually will start with a, I'll start usually with the previous class that I taught. I'll make a new folder. Maybe I should do a class in my folder structure, but I make a new folder using the dates and the name of the class, sort of like what the name of this thing is here, you know, 2025, I'm sorry, 2025, 2022-05-25. So it's a little bit more than a um, little less than a year ago. It's uh, the 4th of May right now. And this is the, and then I do the title of the class, Nomad Real Estate Investing Strategy. And that's how I name my folder. And that's how I name my PowerPoint presentation. And then all the different extra things you have related to the PowerPoint presentation um, are what gets included in that folder. So all the images you see here, those should be included in the folder if I'm doing stuff. Um, any type of recordings, like once I make the video recording, once I make the audio version, once I um, you know, do handouts or anything like that, those all go in that same folder so that the entire class is encompassed in that folder. I, I didn't intend to go over the folder structure but that's basically it and so this is in there and this is the powerpoint presentation so when i make a new class i go to the last class i taught and or or in some rare cases i go to the last full class that i taught that was the same style and then i have to make some adjustments or i'll go make a copy of the last one using the template and then i will copy in the appropriate slides from the meat of the presentation to readjust those but usually i'm using the one from the previous class okay so then on the first slide is a disclaimer um, basically, it says this information is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered it is offered with the understanding that the presenters are not engaged in rendering legal accounting or other professional services. If legal advice or other expert advice is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought, should be, should be sought. and I think that's the standard one um, attorney approved one for people about to do like 
advice sort of stuff. So um, go look it up, get your attorney to bless it if you're concerned about it. Um, I also did kind of a side note. If you ever hear this recording, it's on all the podcast episodes, not the serving real estate investor ones, but all the real estate investing ones. If you ever hear um, a like professionally produced version of this, um, that's my cousin. My cousin, actually, John Orr, um, made that for me um, as a kind of like intro. He's a production guy for a radio station. Um, and so he made that for me. And uh, that's where it's from. So that's to honor him. So anyway, um, you'll hear the audio version of it in front of all the classes. And I don't usually say it in class. I usually just have it up there as a slide. Although when I come into the class, a lot of times I'll just leave it on the main intro page, which is this. So this is the title page for the class. And then you'll notice I have another title page a few slides away. This is sort of like the one that's sitting up when I come into the classroom. Then this is the stuff I cover while I'm waiting for stragglers to come in. And then this is me actually starting the class. Okay, so that's why there's two title pages there. Um, it's not a mistake. It's by design. So usually I'll have this. And then at, as soon as the clock ticks over to, you know, six o'clock, if I'm teaching a class at six o'clock, I will begin. I want to honor the people that came on time. And so I do that. And then I go around the room. I do introductions. Who are you? And why are you interested in the Nomad Real Estate Investing Strategy? Because this is a class on Nomad. So I usually ask people like who they are and then a kind of like flavor topic for that night. So I'll ask them a question about the something related to the presentation. You know, do you think it's better to do this or that? Or do you think it's doing this or that? Or, you know, why are you interested in this? Or, you know, what's your experience with this? And so we do that and just go around the room and have people kind of relax a little bit, find out there's no one hustle in the room and they can sort of pick people they want to network with after the meeting, not during. So we do introductions while we're waiting for people to kind of straggle in. I have a um, disclaimer I use, you know, why you should not consider anything I say as advice or even reliable information. I'm not your realtor, attorney, accountant, CPA, advisor. Facts do vary greatly. Chances are I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't always get good sleep and maybe fuzzy brained. I'm easily confused. Maybe you are too. And so this is sort of like a warning to the people that, uh, you know, sort of like the one we have at the beginning, but this is me speak, speaking it out. Then usually I go over the upcoming class. This is usually like a relatively stall technique but also almost like when you go to the movie theater, you have trailers, right? You have, you know, these, the, the movies, the, the kind of like advertisements for other movies coming up when someone's there. And so right before I start teaching class, I go over what the classes are and when I'm going to teach them. And then I'll usually do like, a, I don't know, 10 or 15 second comment about like what's included in that one and why it's good and why they should bother showing up. And so you'll see that this is just listing out the different classes in the past. I've usually listed using like a, uh, what do you call those? Let's see here. A smart art that does like, you know, four or five of them. But today I had a whole bunch. And so I decided to do a different format. And then I usually just add the next class at the end and do something. Uh, I'm not afraid to sometimes put, you know, class topic to be determined if that really is appropriate there. But I really go and I teach the different classes. Um, you know, I, I list out whatever the classes are to do that. And, you know, people will give me ideas like in class. They'll be like, hey, you know, you should do a class on this. And then I'll usually email myself a note and then I'll go and add that to this spot. And this is where I keep track of it. And then this is gets, you know, included in the newsletter and this gets included in upcoming emails and it goes on to, you know, the meetup site. And so all these different things tie together and that's why they're there. So you want to advertise your upcoming classes and kind of keep yourself moving forward with what you're planning on doing. And it is a little bit of a motivational technique. If you promise you're going to do something, um, at least for me, at least, um, you, you kind of like say, I'm going to teach these classes next week. If you're constantly adding one to the end of that, you are constantly promising things, making public statements about what you're going to do. And it helps you keep momentum, helps you keep accountability to the group of people that might be showing up for classes. So on a little trick there. 
Then another slide uh, presentation title um, to do that. And then here is the class content. And I'm not going to go like teach this class. In fact, I'll, I'll do a recording so you could do that. But I did want to show you sort of what's going on with it. And you'll notice if you've seen more than one of my presentations in the past, you'll notice I borrow my own slides a lot. So I will go take a slide from one presentation and I will bring it into another presentation that's related to that. And I may teach or do a abridged or a variation of teaching that particular slide um, in light of or kind of like related to whatever the main topic is for that night. So um, I'm not reteaching everything, but a lot of times I will borrow slides for myself to do that. Um, so to kind of get it there. Then you'll notice there's some slides that are hidden. They've got a little cross off. So if I wanted to, I could go and right click this and do hide slide. And that way, if I were going through this, this wouldn't show up if I were doing the, the presentation version, it would skip over that, right? You can see it skips over it. So this is a hidden one. And this is the description I write to describe what I'm teaching in the class. You'll notice I do like these little tricks. And then this becomes the class description for meetup or in the newsletter, or if I'm doing an email to somebody or whatever it is, or if I want to go see like what I use for the description later on, I have it all in one spot. And so a lot of my presentations will have a description, not all of them, but you know, when I'm, when I'm taking my time and doing it right, this, this is a, a best practice for me is writing my description and then I hide it so that it doesn't show up in the PowerPoint. But when I'm going through the PowerPoint, I actually can see what I intended to describe. And one of the reasons why it's showing up here is sometimes I will write the description before I write the class. Oftentimes I'll write the description before I write the class. And what I will do is I will go through and say, okay, did I cover that? Yep, covered that. Oh no, I didn't cover this. I need to make a slide. And I'll go down here and I'll make a slide for that. And I'll come back to the description. I'll be like, okay, covered that now. Okay, I need to cover this. And then I'll go through and I'll use this. So this is almost like a, when you write the class, you can do bullet points as what you intend to cover in the class and then make sure that you have slides to cover what you actually said in your class. Um, I probably am guilty from time to time of saying a class is going to be about something because I haven't made the class yet. And then by the time I sit down and make the class, I'll be like, you know, I thought I was going to teach about this, but it turns out that's really simple. That's like, you know, one slide. You really want to have, you really want to know about all these other things. And so I end up having a whole bunch of additional slides there. And it's really cool having my dog here with me doing the class. It's good. Great dog. Best dog I ever had. Awesome dog. Just uh, at this point, he's you know, 14 and a half years old, getting a little bit old, having a hard time walking, but love that dog. Awesome dog. All right. So exceptions. So then I start talking about different things related to the class. Um, you'll notice some classes are meatier than uh, some classes. Some slides are meatier than others. Uh, some are just kind of that. I tend to use a very clean white background, black text with color as kind of a highlight thing. You could choose to do whatever you want, your version of that. Um, and then you'll notice I have images and stuff. So uh, like I use my return quadrant image a lot because it's a really good teaching tool for me. It's uh, something we've trademarked. It's kind of like a, a, a teaching thing that I use for a lot of things. Then I have stuff like, you know, my deal analysis spreadsheet, which I did a whole class on yesterday with some updates, just made some massive improvements to that thing. Um, and then, you know, there's other references to other spreadsheets and, you know, like a little comparison spreadsheet at different points, just a bunch of information, a whole bunch of charts. So a lot of times when I teach classes, we are doing charts to show how a certain strategy performs compared to another strategy or how it performs by itself and looking at a whole bunch of different metrics like net worth and time to financial independence and cash flow and all that other stuff. And so I end up doing a lot of analysis. And, you know, if you're going to build your spreadsheet or, you know, use my spreadsheet, you can go ahead and, uh, you know, put it in there and use your images to to do all that. Um, and then 
there's a whole bunch of images kind of showing you that different comments. Sometimes I'll vary like the slide looks from one to another, especially if I'm doing similar things, just to add a little variation on there. And that's all the templates in um, PowerPoint, Microsoft PowerPoint, but you can do whatever you want there. Yeah, different charts, a lot of charts. I do a lot of charts. Uh, you know, some people argue it's not good to do that many charts. Uh, some people would also argue that I have too many slides. Um, I, I heard once the rule of thumb is it should be five minutes for every slide. And so, you know, a two hour class should be about 24 slides. But honestly, I mean, some of my slides are not like real slides. Like this is not a real slide. It's a title slide. This is not really a real slide. No one's talking about that. Um, introductions probably takes more than five minutes in some cases. You know, the upcoming class thing probably takes more than five minutes, you know. And some of these are really fast. Like I'll do two minutes on this. I tend to keep it pretty swift. Um, some of the charts, they're really easy. It's just showing you what the numbers are and telling you what the numbers. So that's like a one minute thing. So my slide presentation for this class, which was about two hours long, is uh, 63 slides. So that's like two minutes a slide, a little bit less than two minutes a slide which is probably really fast, honestly. Um, so then, you know, just a couple more charts and stuff like that. And then I end the class with some conclusions often. Uh, I'll do that. And then I usually end the slide with a class that has my uh, name, contact information, and the logo of our business, just so that people can do that. And I leave it on there as I answer any final questions in the class usually. And that is how, if people want to capture my contact information, they would do that. So you'll see this. And you'll notice it does not have a phone number on it. When I was teaching classes and I was trying to attract brokerage clients, I would have my phone number on here because I am not trying to have people call me. In fact, I don't even answer my phone anymore. Um, unless it's like my wife or kids or parents, uh, then, or my, my siblings, fr friends and family, you know, like I'm not answering my, my business. My, I'm not answering my phone for business stuff anymore. In fact, if, if you're not in my phone, it automatically lists a voicemail. So, but I used to have my telephone number on here and the telephone number would be an additional way to get clients. Um, now my preferred way for you to contact me if you want to is via email. So that's why this is on there and if I'm not doing clients, but if you should have all the different ways to contact you on there that you want and people can plug in and connect you that way. Now, after this, this is usually the end of presentation. There's some hidden slides that I did um, because I wanted to have some ways to make related collateral uh, advertising materials for this. And so um, I took the strategies handout that we had that went over the different strategies and I just had it displayed um, using, you know, the picture format. So this is a graphic that we now use in other spots. And these are also graphics showing you the real estate investing strategy profile and what that looks like. We're just making like tools and these are hidden so that they're not even showing up there, but you can see them and you can go and copy them. Now this could be an image for me, you know, right click save as image. And then I could use that in materials that I make elsewhere. This must be a blank slide. I'm not sure why it's in there. And then this would be another one for the uh, loan comparison worksheet. So you just see, I sometimes do that trick of hiding a slide and creating all my marketing materials all in the presentation. That way it's all included in one spot. And if I need to go and edit this or go and grab marketing materials, or I'm like doing another class, I'm trying to pull from this one. I have all the stuff I need in one spot. And it's not in like 90 different files, me opening it up. So that's all I got for you. I just wanted to walk you through what a presentation looks like. I will go ahead and upload um, this presentation as is uh, to the servingrealestateinvestors.com website so that you can go download it and at least see what I'm doing. Um, please do not just copy my stuff. I mean, to kind of use me and three other sources as reference material and to create your own, that's totally cool. If you start using, you know, trademark terms like, 
um, you know, like myself and, you know, start saying that you created the return quadrants and, you know, that this spreadsheet's yours and you're giving away my spreadsheet, please do not do that. That's not allowed. Um, I'm trying to be open with you and share some really cool stuff that I've done and hopefully you can do it. If you want to go teach classes based on the spreadsheet and tell them they can go download it from my website, that's totally fine. Um, to go ahead and give people my spreadsheet, that is not okay. Um, so kind of like there's that line between you're stealing stuff versus, you know, you're giving credit and allowing people to use, you know, resources that you found and that are good for you. Um, so please do not go ahead and grab stuff. Oh, and, and as, a, as a related side note, so eventually you will start creating your own stuff and you'll be concerned about, you know, people grabbing your things and using your things. So one little trick you can put into Google um, certain unusual phrases that are very unique to your stuff that Google will go ahead and index the web and try to find all this stuff. And if it comes across stuff that you've published or put out on the web anywhere, um, it could have you alert you of that particular phrase showing up with a link to the source material. And you can find people stealing your stuff. So um, be aware that if you end up using materials, then Google does index everything eventually. And uh, it's, it basically sends me an email with a link to things that are mine. And uh, you can find things like that. So just be aware. You could do the same thing with your own unique material to protect yourself and protect your intellectual property. Um, I probably should do a whole class on this, but here's a really interesting idea. So the, the business of real estate brokers, the business of making loans, the business of doing tax returns is a highly commoditized business. And so what we should be thinking about, at least I think, um, as business owners serving real estate investors and trying to add massive value is how can we create a moat around our stuff? How can we cre create like this? Oh, there we go, buddy. You're so snuggly. Um, how can we create a uh, moat, a protection device to decommoditize ourselves? And one of the ways to do that is through intellectual property, is through, you know, you have something that all the other real estate agents around you don't have, like a spreadsheet, um, like a return on investment quadrant, like a investing strategy that you named and you modeled and you wrote books around and you kind of created stuff. So it's all of this unique intellectual property, which we can protect with copyrights and trademarks, and in some cases, to a much lesser degree, uh, patents, um, it, it, it has teeth and prevents you from being just any old real estate agent, any old lender, any old accountant, any old CPA, any old, you know, whatever it is that you're using to serve real estate investors. I want to be as inclusive as possible. So having unique stuff that you've put your own unique spin on, your, your own unique course. And there's a, there's a great book on this. Um, in fact, I should do that. I should hold a separate class where I'll share the book. I think the book is called Unique Process Advisors. Um, it's by the folks that uh, do Strategic Coach, and it's a book you can go buy on Amazon. It's called Unique Process Advisors. Um, I think one of the authors is Dan Sullivan, although it's basically different chapters about how these different people create unique stuff, unique intellectual property around what is also a commoditized business, the financial planning, uh, financial advising sort of business. They kind of niched out, although I think there's a lender in there, in, in fact. So just realize, just go through the book and you'll kind of get some feel. But it's, it's this idea of creating unique intellectual property that you can protect. You can protect it with copyrights. You can protect it with trademarks. You can protect this stuff so that other people can't come in and be you and, and offer the same services. You create a unique thing. Like, for example, another great example of this is my lowest monthly payment guarantee. 
and my month and my uh, maximum cash flow guarantee. Like those are guarantees that I've trademarked. They're trademark terms of mine and their entire processes and systems that people cannot duplicate. And you want to go and do that. I don't know why I went off on this tangent, but it's important for you to understand that you can do the same thing. Create your own intellectual property. Don't steal other people's. Create your own version of different stuff and make sure that it's good and valuable and well thought through and, and improve. And if you're willing to share and, you know, kind of help other people, great. Um, sort of, I'm willing to share and, you know, expose you to kind of some of my internal processes and what I've got going on. Hopefully that's helpful for you. So this has been James Orr. Enough of me rambling. Just, uh, I don't know, great day with the dog in the office. That's really cool. Um, that's all I got for you. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye for now.